episode of the Thrillers Global Podcast. I'm your host, CJ, and alongside me, co-host, Chrisos. Chris, mate, how are you going? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm good, thanks, CJ. How are you doing? Good, thank you very much. And um, a special guest with us, uh, <laughs> only decided within the last five minutes he would join, uh, Costa from Gate 7 International. How are you going? All right, boys. Thanks for the invitation. It's um, nice to join you guys down under. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, so got got a bit to talk about on this episode. So this morning, uh, Olympiakos took on Pathnaikos, probably the most anticipated derby in a very long, long time. And, of course, it um, ended in controversial. Costa, you got a big fan here already. Absolute papya because... <laughs> Uh, before we get into the Panthanaikos and Olympiakos uh, business, uh, Chris, I hear you have Hello. a um, special announcement to share with everyone. Yes, very special announcement. So um, finally can uh, take um, the eggs out of the basket and confirm the charity match. So what that is, is I, along with my brother, we host an annual football charity match. We raise money for our Paradise for Kids who are doing missionary work in Africa, um, it's all legit, like it's um, run by one of the, he used to be a priest in Australia and he moved to Sierra Leone. And uh, yeah, so 14th of January, 2024, easy day, all fours, um, 5 p.m. kickoff, we will be having the annual charity match. Um, CJ and the other co one of the other co-hosts, Liam, will be there commentating the game on the day. Um, big game, going to have big prizes, big raffles. Um, some signed shirts, um, a lot more prizes to be announced later. So if you want to get involved, be sure to follow at Charity Match Official on Instagram. If you're not from Australia, there is also a link to donate if you want to donate to support the cause. If you are in Australia, be sure to head down. It will be at Miranda in Sydney if you guys know where that is. So, yeah, that's my spiel done for the Charity Match. Nice plug, Chris. Uh, yeah, exciting stuff that um, that you're doing there, Chris. Uh, how much did you donate last year? Do you remember? So this year we raised um, oh, year, $4,800. So we want to hit that 5000 mark and hopefully maybe 10000 depending on how well it goes. And it's also got the support and sponsored by the Greek Herald, which is one of, which is the biggest Greek newspaper in Australia. So big Absolute. stuff. Absolutely insane. That's great stuff, Chris. Good job. And uh, so as you heard it, guys, 14th of January, 2024, um, 5pm kickoff at, is it Sutherland Stadium, Chris, sorry? Seymour Shore Stadium. Yeah. Seymour Shore Stadium in Sutherland, Sydney, New South Wales. Um, you'll be able to find all the stuff um, on Instagram at Charity Football Match. And I'll also put up a post on Three Loss Global on their social media stuff, uh, all the links, all the pages you can follow and donate. And as you heard, Thrillers Global will be commentating over the game. So it's going to be pretty exciting in uh, the nice summer heat in Australia. So, um, so yeah, we're getting some comments here. Um, John Sabukas, good evening, lads. Keep up the good work. Great to see more odds is getting behind Thrillers. Thank you so much, John, for commenting. Big ups to Costa with a C too. Uh, Gate 7 International <laughs> fan there. <laughs> Thanks for joining, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, so now we got that plug out of the way. Um, I reckon we'll just dive into it. So this morning, 
in Australia, uh, Olympiakos took on Panthanaikos at the Karaskaki. Uh, didn't finish, really. Uh, went on to about the 53rd minute, I believe it was, Costa. You might, you might have a better memory than me at this point. Um, the game did not end. However, it was caught off due to a flare um, being... I wouldn't say it didn't hit Juan Car. It went next to Juan Car, exploded. Juan Car goes down, had to be stretched off. And we'll dig into the controversy with the um, ending a bit later on. But let's talk about uh, the game leading up to that point. Um, Costa, do you want to share your thoughts on how the game was going up until halftime at least? I mean, first of all, again, thanks for the invite and congrats for that charity initiative. That's really great to see you guys doing these sorts of things. Um, so props to you. And okay, in terms of the game, it's hard to analyze a game that hasn't finished, right? Uh, what we what we can say about the game is that I think the, the word that comes to mind for me is just underwhelming. I thought we were underwhelming in that first half. You expect more from Olbiagos, particularly, you know, first 10, 15 minutes, you're like, all right, go in with the knife in your mouth, the expression in Greek, uh, get at the opponent and try and get an early goal. And it looked like we were more kind of on the back foot. They had a, they had some possession. We kind of re tried to rebalance the game after 15 minutes. But, you know, I think one statistic that's really telling from the first half is that they had 12 touches in our penalty area, I think around the 35th minute, and we had five. Yeah, um, that I think that, that says a lot. They they were easily kind of breaking into our, into our own half and looking dangerous in transition. Um, that was quite disconcerting. But, but, but again, like in the end, the goal that we've copped is it's a cheap goal and i i asked the question to to the other co-hosts on our show last night like, can you actually remember a goal this season that is a well-worked goal that we've conceded where you've said you know chapeau that was a great attack like they cut cut through us like a knife through butter personally i can't remember so all the goals that we've conceded this season they're mainly like a shit pass that's been played backwards or like an individual error, a lapse in concentration or just something stupid where you're just like, why? You know, and in Europe in particular where you just get you get punished. Um, it's not the first time we see that, like the weakness in defensive transition. We've seen it against like teams like Panseragos, Gifisia when we played them. Like they've looked dangerous attacking us on the counter-attack. But, you know, it's been a, a Pascalaki save one-on-one -on -one that saved us or, you know, so uh, I think underwhelming first half and then, you know, team comes out in the second and we grab a goal three minutes in from a, a high press. We still, uh, Camara steals the ball, Pedenza plays him through, one touch finish, boom. And then, you know, you think the game turns on its head now and we're going to go away and score another two, two goals and you know, the, the, the fans are behind the team and we're going to win this. But we didn't we didn't get to enjoy it. We didn't even get to enjoy Camara's goal because you know moments later the the referees whistled the the 
the recommencement of the game is kicked off and then uh, there's a throw in on the other end and then he blows the whistle and you know goes off to to the touchline where where the firecracker's gone off and Juan Carlos on the floor so that's it mate like that's all we can say about the game and I I honestly don't know if it's worth getting into a deeper analysis on like okay uh is our defence, um, have we figured out what our defensive line of four is yet, which we haven't? Um, should we play with three men in midfield in these types of games, like Anigo did at the end of last season? What do we think about the balance in the team and what impact does Fortunis have on playing left wing in terms of how we defend when we lose the ball? And all of this stuff, like, it's pointless to me, like, to sit here and analyse it. Um, so no, I don't mean to be um, how to say ruining it and taking us into an inevitable discussion on you know what happened outside the lines of the pitch but that's the reality unfortunately yeah yeah I agree with some points that you mentioned um, we got a comment for Chris here um, there better not be any fireworks at the charity game <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind as long as they're not thrown on the pitch. Do whatever you want. Um, now that you mentioned the back four, Gosta, it's going to be very interesting um, getting into our Europa League game um, because I feel like when it comes to what uh, Martins has been trying to build this season, um, I think that's been the most the the place we haven't strengthened a lot. Uh, mostly, I know we we got Ortega in for five mil, and he's going to take some time. Rodane is probably the most concrete member uh, player, sorry, of the back line. Um, Doy and Retos, uh, I don't know. Just personally, I think they're a bit hot and cold at the moment. Uh, especially Doy, he hasn't looked too great. Um, but I don't know. Do you, do you think we? That's probably the uh, the centre backs is where we have not focused our like you know when it comes to transfers. Like we we didn't really focus there that much. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, mate. Um, I've been saying that during the transfer window during the summer. So if there's one area of the field where I'm not comfortable is in central defence. I really um, I have a lot of respect for Etos, given the situation with him last season, how it was and how he's built himself back up this season. I, you know, and he's, he's, he's far from perfect, but let's have it right. He's the best centre-back we have right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I think he's partly at fault for the goal yesterday. And there was a massive, massive miscommunication in the area for the goal we've conceded. And, you know, let's not... You can get into a discussion about whether this is offside, whether he's in front of the goalkeeper and if he's, um, how do you call it, interfering in, in the play. But, but you like, mate, the ball's been crossed in from a free kick, set piece, whatever it was. And the ball, the ball's like in our box for 50, like ten seconds. It's like clear the bloody ball. There are three players in front of Vajanidis, and the ball's just bobbling around. 
and uh, I think I think Pascalakis was going to grab the ball on the floor, and Retos has poked it away, and it's gone off, bounced off another player, landed at Vaganidis's feet, and then he's tapped it in. You know, uh, I, so I, I, I don't, yeah, so I don't want to put the blame all on Retos, but but for sure, mate, to answer your question, <laughs> you, you wanted to, you really wanted the club to to sign a a centre back that would bring presence and confidence and leadership at the back. And you look at the team today and the leader at the back is Retos, but he's coming off a season where he's, he's essentially recovering. He's trying to find his feet again and he's doing really well, mm-hmm. but you're putting so much, an enormous amount of pressure on him. And every game you're just thinking, please don't get injured. Please don't get injured. Please don't get injured. Cause you know, his injury history. So it's not, it's not a stable it's not a stable framework at the back in terms of solidifying a, a defensive partnership. And for me, I've been very clear about it early on. I'm not convinced about Freire, not convinced about him. Uh, and it, you know, my, my doubts were confirmed essentially in the Frankfurt game. The guy just, it takes him so long for him to turn. You know that 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 pass back that he played for the goal that they scored. Yeah. Just like, mate, he didn't even he couldn't turn his body to to look at the keeper and see what was going on behind him, and he just played a blind pass back to the keeper. It's like, you know. So yeah, man. Uh, that's look. The other thing is, guys. Given the seat, I think people are forgetting. Even though it's hard to forget how bad last season was and the job that we had to do over the summer to rebuild the team does do is it really a realistic expectation to believe that this team is going to be reconstructed throughout the course of one summer and that we're going to fix absolutely everything no No. there's no there's no such thing as a hundred percent success rate when it comes to transfers and you know, we spent, we invested in Hesse. We invested in Ortega. Freire is a loan plus option. Um, Perozo is a loan plus option. Doy is uh, not a centre-back. He played in pre-season. He was deployed mainly as a sixth in the friendlies. So, like, there's a lot of those kind of loan plus options in the team as well. And you know, we talked to some players beginning of the season and, you know, one player said to us, it's not great having so many loanees in the team. There are so many. Scarpa, uh, Solbakken, you know, I named two already before and there are more. So it's not, it's not sustainable. But this is what I'm trying to say is that this is a two-year project minimum. Yeah. So we can we can um, we can uh, bring someone in in January. I, I'm we'll see. But like January transfers, they're not. It's it's a band aid. Normally, you don't sign a player as your stalwart centre back in January. It's very hard to find the right kind of player. Uh, we'll see what happens. That's you know January's months away. But yeah, mate, like the centre back issue is going to be coming back 
every you know every now and again this season for sure for sure yeah. we've seen it in all our european games since the group stage started center backs have um you know they've they've betrayed our chances to take games like we should have beat freiburg at home we should have beat chakaritsky away but it's the 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 center backs that have cost us in both the games doy getting a red card um the silly mistakes in in both games that led to their goals so yeah mate it's uh you're absolutely right yeah i feel like as well a big part i i don't know the financial side of things with olivia course but may maybe you could uh shed some light on it but maybe the loan there's so many loanees because the past few seasons we've paid lost a lot of money on contracts and and wages and and whatnot uh maybe i don't know if you could confirm on that but that's just my opinion as well but yeah just i feel like retzos as well like if he gets injured we're 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 screwed we're, we're absolutely screwed like you said Friere is so slow to turn and the one time <laughs> every time he gets the ball he just boots it up he he easily loses possession the most out of the back four and the one time he decides to turn and pass he he fluffs that um yeah doy not a center back and um Barroso just hasn't got in the game time and the game time he's got and he's uh, looked like a a nervous wreck like for, yeah. for us like it it's just like edge of the seat close your eyes sort of reaction from me when when i watch it but uh we got a comment here uh from john um we will be will be interesting how he sets up against west ham because that midfield doesn't hold up against west ham um Kamaran Alexandropoulos um yeah look has a such a vital part of this team it, it's hard to see him not in it um and again Alexandropoulos hasn't gotten loads of game time either Kamara I feel like looked pretty decent for the most part of course I don't know if you'd agree with that um I think West Ham we have a lot of battles uh up front in the mid and the back they're a really good team despite them getting pumped for one this morning but is the premier league they're miles ahead uh but before we get into the game with west ham um probably not worth digging into it but there's a few things probably we should go over uh so obviously one guy getting stretched off um i just got to say one thing as well i've seen a lot of images going around online about uh the doctor with Panathinaikos players with Marinakis with I the Ike president was it or, or whatever um I don't know this guy's probably cop death threats as it is already yeah he said yeah it was yeah. said yesterday yeah, yeah like this is just terrible it's such a bad look for obviously Olympiakos fans Panathinaikos fans and just the Greek league in in general uh I've read a few Australian articles this morning um about about what um just what's been what's happened and obviously they haven't gotten the full picture but they what they've written is pretty much bashing greek football and olympiakos fans so like despite who you go for as an olympiakos fan it's it's like why 
why did that guy have to throw a flare? Why did just it, it shouldn't be happening? Like the there's no punishment on the players, there's no punishment on the club. And if if you told me Olympiacos had to get punished for the better, then so be it. Because as a whole, this thing just needs to stop. Like this league is never ever going to progress. And like the one season it's looking good, something like this has to happen, which is just really, really annoying. It's like it's just how long have we waited for for Greek football to, to get a step up? We've waited years. When was it? 2014, 13, whenever it was now. And they thought, oh, let's wait another 10 years because of some malaka in the, in the freaking. I don't Guys, know. I, mean, I, I, I was talking to, um, to one of my colleagues today and he was asking me, like, what happened? He's a, he's a German. And uh, he was like, "Oh, did the did the um, did the firecracker come from Olympiacos fans, or was it Panathinaikos fans?" And I realised I had to tell him, "He's <laughs> like, no, mate, away fans don't go to away games." He was like, yeah. "What? You know, it's it's so odd for when you when you and it gives a lot of perspective actually when you talk to outsiders and you just explain that very simple fact to them. It's like away fans cannot go to these kinds of games, and." And this is the thing that I've been on, but you know, hours after all of this shit happened yesterday night, I, I went to bed like quite late thinking about it. We did a live show quite late as well, but, but mate, like you, you, you go on social media last night and you just see people posting a video like this amateur video that went, that went around last night of the firecracker exploding near the, near the corner flag and, visibly kind of far from from mm-hmm. Quanco and everyone's like oh look at these so and so falling over it didn't hit him blah 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 it's like mate it's like mate it is is the question is the question did the firecracker hit the player or is the question are our stadiums safe for fans and for the players like the integrity of the the, the players and the staff that are on the pitch and the fans that are in the stands, the fans that have come from Athens, Bidias, all over Greece, the fans that have travelled from frigging the US. Like, mate, there are people that travel from all over the world to go to this game. It's the most widely advertised game in Greek sport. Olympiakos, Panathinaikos, football, the king of sport. So when, when somebody that's not Greek asks you about your team and like Greek football, what do you talk about? It's this game is what it's all about. And this is how we advertise it, and th- and then we expect Greek football to, to to be on the rise or like to improve. And you know what you're saying, the clubs are, I'm sorry, like the clubs are selfishly motivated by their own self interest. You know, you and I, I, I speak for myself. I would have liked to see the club come out with some some sort of statement. Like two years ago, I can't remember which game it was, but they wrote a statement saying that these kinds of behaviours, they need to stop and we will root them out. I can't remember which game it was. It was two years ago. There was a written statement. I need to look that up. What's happened since then? Nothing. And like we're having a conversation now about whether the firecracker hit him or not. Now they say 
now they're saying that he's um um Sirisi to Lavirinsu, like in Greek, it's like he has a issue with his balance, like from the right. explosion, it's off. It's, it's like offset his his balance, yeah. So, like, I'm not a doctor; it's not for me to judge. But like, who are we to judge whether Juan Carlos yeah. was actually injured or affected or whatever? It's like that's not what we should be focusing on. Exactly. So, yeah. It, it's just like I've seen a picture going around. I, I don't know if you remember uh, Finn Bogerson. Yeah. A flare went right onto him. He burned his legs. And, and they're saying, oh, oh, this is, you know, this is something that should, you know, stop the game, not what happened to Juanca. And it's like, yeah. okay, so if it was 100 metres away or, or one metre away, it, it makes a difference. But it doesn't. That's not the point. The point is it shouldn't be happening. Exactly. So, like, just because one hurt, him like physically it makes it not okay versus oh, oh i was five meters from the bloke as oh, the other people obviously didn't get affected from it if you watch that video closely by the way if you focus on the fans in the grandstand when that explosion goes off they like it like it it mate, scared them mate you don't and have they're to... even further from it you don't have to be close to it mate like you could like when a firecracker goes off you're not expecting it. No. Like you're not, wherever you are in the stadium, you're just, you know, you're sitting there watching along, doing, minding your own business. And then all of a sudden, boom. Like, and it's super loud, mate. And you don't, mm. you, you don't know when to expect it. So like, imagine it's pointless having a discussion about, oh, should we regulate whether or not like the firecracker went off 10 meters away? And if it's within 10 meters, then it's an offense that's punishable by, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's ridiculous. It, like you said, it just shouldn't be happening at all. Like, mate, at the beginning of a game, light as many bloody flares as you want. If that's the issue, yeah. it's like why? Why can we? Um, why can we be like good citizens in European games? Because UEFA mafia yeah. will punish us. Yeah. But what about Greek mafia? Like, we don't worry about them. We're like, oh, we're in Greece. We can do whatever the hell we want. So why why can we yeah. why can we be okay with this in Europe but we can't be okay with it in Greece? So like, I don't no I don't get it. It's like you you like we we like the flares we like the hot atmosphere. So like, great mate, light as many flares as you want at the beginning of the game. Like don't just and then when the game started, use your voice. The voice is your weapon. Like if you, you know you want to be hostile, you don't need to throw shit onto the stadium. You don't need to shine lasers at people's eyes. Like. I mean, it's it's completely pointless. But as long as the you know the clubs point the finger at the police, the police point the finger back at the clubs. The clubs and the police point the finger at the government. The government then points their fingers back at the clubs and the police, and nothing happens. Everyone just blames each other, and then nothing happens. Like when they go and discuss these things, and they try and like put together measures that, that can be enforceable or like try and improve the product, try and make it safer for people that go to these games. It's not even a discussion. And, you know, we're sitting here now talking about Greek football and the product is uh, declining and we're, we're ridiculed across the world again because of, you know, a match that hasn't ended that is supposed to be the biggest game in Greek football. What does that say about us yeah, as a, as a society? And I'm, and again, I'm sorry, like, and the, the conversation is totally changing from a footballing discussion into a, like a sociological discussion we can have and write a dissertation on. That's what it is. 
Oh, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And um, it there, there's just not enough punishment. There really isn't. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't really kept up to date the last couple of hours, but I don't know if there's any statements being said from either club. Yeah. Olympiagos put out a statement yeah, they did. Um, five minutes ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you happen to read over it or...? It's quite long. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's for another time. Um, but but again, it's not yeah. like from from what I can see, it's um, because now the issue is like what went into the match report from the ref, which came out like an hour or two ago, and what consequences does the match report have in terms of the punishments that are going to be enforced whether we get deducted points, whether we win the match on paper, whether they win it, like what kind of stadium ban, etc. The interpretation of that match report is is the the important thing in terms of how the courts are going to like assess and evaluate next steps, decisions, consequences. So is that is that whether the referee has said oh, Panathinaikos just left or so the match the match was injured or the match report basically said in summary that uh, like the game started late because of smoke blah 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 uh, we went into the half Olympiakos scored in the 48th minute in the ensuing um play uh, the referee whistled because there was a, a sm- firecracker that went off and Juan Carlos was down and then um Bangladesh uh, team had to stretch a Juan Carlos, and then the whole team followed him into the dressing room. the The doctor then did a first assessment of the of the situation and said that okay, he's he seemed not in shape to play, like he was dizzy or he had um, um, a loss of hearing. So the player had a loss of hearing, and then the doctor went in again after half an hour 40 minutes reassessed the player and he said like i think he's ready to play but we don't have the tools at the football stadium to be able to make yeah. a proper assessment so he needs to go to hospital and then basically like by that point like it was two hours after the game had been a bat like yeah. abandoned not officially at that point and the referee says at that point i decided that like the game can't continue well, after two hours, I mean, bloody hell. Jeez. That's a long yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. And there were people that like stayed in the stadium. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. For well, long, I mean, Vionisi, uh, our co-host, he, he was at the game to, uh, yesterday in Greece. Uh, he, he, was the, he stayed there for the two hours and had to leave. So, um, yeah, he's very visibly upset about it, um, as we all are. Uh, Kosa and Chris as well. I want you guys to tell me what if if you were running the show, what what punishment would you give out? Whose fault is it? Or you know, we know whose fault it is, but you know, what would be your end determination from all this? Got me to go. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Whichever you can go first, yeah, mate. Um, I, I've said this so many times before. Being um, being someone that's grown up in the UK, 
when it comes to these kinds of things, man, you have to you have to punish the the perpetrators. You have to mm -hmm. find them and, and impose a lifetime ban. That's it, mate. So like, you've cost the team yesterday, individual or individuals. The it, like these finance, um, what's it called? Punitive measures that involve fines. They're bullshit, mate. Doesn't doesn't lead to anything really in the long in the long term in terms of like preventative measures. It's like okay, now we're paying another fine, and then there's you know stadium bans. That's you know that's shit. That's bad for business. So if it happens every year, like okay, season tickets went up this season, but but generally, man, like I I feel it at least in in myself. I'm starting to be less interested in football. Because I know it's the same shit. And do you know what? One of the best things I did this season was buy a EuroLeague subscription. Put your, put your basketball on midweek, Tuesday or Thursday, if it's a double week. You watch the game like it's a healthy club. Even if we, you know, we've lost star players this, this season. It's healthy. Like you, put, you turn on the game, you know it's going to start, you know it's going to end, you know you're going to be entertained. Um, and do you know what? Actually, fun... We're playing Panathinaikos at Sef, I think, next week. And it's a Greek league game, and you're just thinking, oh, shit, what's going to happen there? Yeah. Uh, so, no, for me, mate, it's very simple. You have to find them, and you have to ban them. You have to have the balls. You have to have the courage to face up to these people and say, you're not setting foot in our stadium ever again. It's very Lifetime simple. Ban. Yeah. It's very simple. And um, I agree with you there. Yeah, definitely. Would you also implement uh, point deductions on Olympiacos at this point as well? Is it? I don't. I don't have a clear one on this, mate. It's like, is it fair? Is it fair because some, you know, some beep decided to f it up for everyone. <laughs> is it fair but 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 you know tied to that question why aren't clubs doing something about it if you're not doing anything about it it's like point deduction it's political mate i'm not going to get involved yeah. in like, the political discussion of like should we get deducted points should they get deducted points because it's it's it leads to nowhere it's just the continuation of a vicious cycle going round and round and round and now that's what the olympiacos statement is about from i've only read a little bit of it um, at the top, but it's what I said at the beginning. Everyone's just looking out for their interest. It's so important this season that, you know, we win the league because it leads to the Champions League spot. And it's the same for everyone. So it's like, you know, the means justify the ends. So if the system is set up in a way where, you know, um, it's important that the match report says that Banathanag was left by their own will and it had nothing to do with the ref calling the game off, then they'll push that line legally and say, and you know, do that to get the points or get the match on paper. But in, in terms of like improving the product and all, you know, some of the things we've talked about, ensuring that in stadiums are a safe place for families to go and watch a football game on a Sunday night, nah, no interest at all, mate. And, um, you know, speaking as a 37-year-old father of three young kids, I, I, I really, you know, I'm I'm proud to be an Olympiacos fan, but I'm not proud of the shit that happens in the stadiums. And, you know, the, the older I get, 
the less tolerant I am of it as well. And to be honest with you, like I think twice, three times, four times about how much I'm going to, you know, um, promote this like Greek sport to my kids, no matter how much I love Olympiakos. You know, I've traveled around. I've never lived in Greece. I've been to hundreds of games like across Europe. I've been to Greece like, you know, overnight for a game and then flown back home the next day. Like crazy, crazy shit. To be honest with you, I don't want my kids to do that. Looking at this, like, why? Why spend an arm and a leg to get a ticket to go to Athens, to go to a game to, you know, eat chemicals, uh, just like, you know, go to a game that doesn't end? It's bollocks. But nobody cares. Nobody cares, man. The people that run the show, they don't care. They don't care about that stuff. That's what it, that, that's what yeah. it feels like to me. Yeah, that's uh, I can say how frustrating that could be. I mean, it's it's the club that we all love at the end of the day, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see that there seems to be no end in sight either with the absolute ludicrous football that we have to endure. Not the football yeah. itself, the politics around it. There's no end in sight, and and um, it, it's so hard we- as well. There's there's nothing to compare it to either. Like where the hell, where which other league is this going to happen in? Hungary, I mean, mate, some crap uh, like. <laughs> I mean, mate, you can, you, you can say that like football violence is a a societal thing, yeah. It's it's not yeah. it's not purely a football thing, but like you see what happened in um, you see what happened in uh, in the Netherlands some weeks ago with the Ajax fans, yeah. So it's not like it's not like uh, Greece is. Greece is just the. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm losing. I'm losing my English here. It's not an. Oh, yeah, it happens incident. elsewhere as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not an yeah. isolated incident. Like it, yeah. it, it happens elsewhere. Is Greece in a league of its own in terms of where we've come, like in terms of violence and how it spreads outside the football field? You, mate, I don't know about you guys. When I go to a game in Greece, I go like even even now I've got three kids. I, I try and go to like two, three, four games a season if I'm lucky. When I'm going to the stadium, mate, I live in Faliro. It's not far from the stadium. It's an Olympiakos area. Mate, I don't I wear my shirt underneath if I wear a shirt, a red and white shirt. And I'm zipped up, mate, and I'm mm. going to the stadium. I'm not showing my colours. Look at all the shit that's happening, man. It's like people getting killed because they support Aris. Well, people getting killed because, you know, they're asked, who do you support? And they say, I support Ayek. I'll tell, I tell you what, um, Costa as well, a lot of the Greek Australians here, uh, I can't say so much of the older people. I'm, I'm only 26, but maybe around my age or younger, that they're, they're, they're not watching the Greek games. They're watching APL stuff. They're... Like if when when I talk to a friend that doesn't really follow, like the Greek league, and I tell him, oh, you know, like a yeah, nineteen year old kid got stabbed to death because yeah. he supported Aris, and they're like, like what the hell is that? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but um, I, as well, one thing I I don't know what it's like in the Eredivisie in Netherlands, but like I I, I don't know any other league where an away section you know there's no away section like 
Imagine Kariskaki packed to the brim with Olympiacos fans and they had the Panthanaikos section. We're not ready for that, mate. No, no, we're not ready. It's not even a discussion. We're not even 1% ready. But just like in, in a parallel universe, imagine having a great atmosphere like that. Mate, so, I mean, you know, my, my dad and my auntie's generation, you know, they would talk to me about going to Oaka or going to the old Karaiskaki and sitting side by side, mate. With an Ajax fan or a Panathinaikos fan, no, no harm done, man. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's, yeah. it's unthinkable now. It's unthinkable, and you know they, you see some like some kind of adverts here and there. They try and use media and advertisement to promote um, the the sport in general, and you know it, it's a sport. It's supposed to bring people together, you know, but. It's lost, mate. I mean, and at the end of the day, just nothing is enforceable in in, in this country. And I mean, this country. I mean, Greece. Mm. Uh, but, but but that's but that's not just football. Like it's everything that isn't enforced properly. So why should the politicians give a shit about football? It's like we've got bigger fish to fry, mate. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of the mentality as well when it comes to football. So if the, if the clubs and the owners don't want to do anything about it, then why should we care? It's their product that they're damaging. They're not doing anything about it, but yeah, mate. So it's a never ending, yeah. never ending discussion. Just a vicious cycle with uh, yeah. no end. Yeah. CJ, can I put, put my two cents into this? Um, Please. Yeah. I've actually got an experience with a flair. So I think for me, it's good. Um, in Australia, actually, the first ever Sydney derby, Sydney FC Western Sydney, they had, uh, you know, big Tifo flares. Um, and they had a flare inside the Tifo. And little did I know the flare was going to be right next to me. So I know what it's like, you know, inhaling flares. I was, I think, 12 at that point. And everyone in the, I mean, complete opposite to the support that you get in Greece. Everyone saw me, grabbed me, took me out of the, the cove. Like, get, get water. I drank two full bottles of water to get it all out of me. So I know exactly what it feels like for the... Um, for the player, um, what I think the league should do is because the majority of the game was played, it should just keep the result the way it was, which was a one-all draw. I think that's fair on both on both sides. I don't think there should be points deducted based of what someone actually on the actions of a, of a fan. I don't think that the, the team should suffer. I think the fan should get a stadium ban, lifetime ban, and a fine as well. I mean, it happened in Australia. Of course, uh, we had. Um, Melbourne Victory players stormed the pitch. They um, like threw a bit of bucket at the goalkeeper's head. He was bleeding and everything. And it's like just the after the first, World Cup, yeah, yeah, it was like the first time we saw like Recently. football hooliganism. In a, well, we see football hooliganism here like with a few teams, but that was the first time we like it was like published in big media and like non-sporting people found out about it. And what Football Australia did was they got the names of everyone, put it on a newspaper, and say these are the people's names, these are their faces. They're yeah. blacklisted from from the football games and from and they banned them. And I think that's I think a way to go is you you blast them because if you blast them nationally, they're going to be not only ashamed but embarrassed to be to know that they did that. And I think that's I think that's just the way to go about it. We shouldn't you shouldn't um, pub punish the clubs because the clubs at the end of the day they they did their job and their job was to play football and they got ruined by someone 
whose job was to watch football. And I think for me, it's, um, yeah, in terms of what you were saying, you know, I did once, I did do away day with Olympiagos Abuel. I flew out the day, flew into Greece to watch it and came back and I got to see the whole, I got to see the whole game. So I think for me, I think I was lucky. Um, but yeah, like you're spending so much money. Yeah, yeah, he did throw it back in the crowd, but it's still not what you want to see. Uh, but yeah, I think I got lucky to see the game and it just sucks up. You know, for me, we can go to a game in Australia. I can wear my Western, oh, sorry, I can wear my Sydney FC jersey and the person next to me can wear his Western Sydney jersey and nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Whereas you do that in Greece, you can't, you have been at the Nagos sitting in the Olympiacos section. You probably won't even make it out of there. So I think like that culture is no. just not, is not something that is good for football because people want to watch, like lots of people are losing interest in the game because it's like, oh, it's becoming violent, it's becoming this, it's becoming that. And it's not, it's not a good image at all. Not just for Greek, but you know, England, even England has like hooliganism. We saw it with Newcastle, with Millwall, all these clubs have football hooliganism, which has affected their reputation as a club, even to this day. And it's just not just not what you want to see in football. At the end of the day, we go watch our team that we love, um, play 90 minutes of football, and we get to go home and, and, and get to our, our home in one place. So I think that was just that's just my two cents about it. It's just the contrast between, you know, Australia, who's got so many sports, and Greece, and even basketball, like you were saying. Like, I go, I just work for the basketball here, and it's just like the atmosphere, you can get that atmosphere in a football game, but you can also get in a basketball game. Even in Australia, you get it, and it's just a lot safer. And I think EuroLeague is a good example because, you know, EuroLeague, you literally got the same teams. You've got Barcelona, you've got Bayern, you've got the rivalries that you have in football, but we don't hear about anyone getting stabbed, getting killed, getting... Sure, they have flares still, but they're not getting thrown on the on the court, and this, the court's much closer. So I don't know what the Euro League is doing, but what they're doing is a lot better than what they're doing in in Greece. So yeah, that's just what I. It's think. just they don't they don't tolerate that shit, man. It's, but it's the same like UEFA, man. You, you, we, we, I think we said it earlier. You don't see that sort of thing happening in European games at Gadeskagi. But yeah. You know, even even the thing about Euroleague, mate. I, I can tell you one thing, because um, I went to the um, I went to Game Five last season, Olympiakos Fener. I was at that game, mate. Health and safety regulations. Forget about it. Like you couldn't. I was I was at the top in one of the top stands. If I wanted to go and take a piss, or if there was a fire, I don't know what would have happened. Because there were people on the stairs, like you couldn't walk out. Like, God forbid something happened in there. They're like, I don't, you know, my mind goes to the worst. But uh, wasn't you know, that the they, Gate Seven tragedy? <laughs> they all trampled on each other. Yeah, pretty, yeah, mate. And you know, the, the gates were locked, and the gates were locked. Yeah. So they couldn't. So they all trampled on each other and. Yeah, mate. Um, so it's yeah. it is a unfortunately it is a something that is a Greek thing. It Chris, you hit thing. yeah, you hit you hit the nail on the head with that Costa as well. Like a few years ago, we when unfortunately that that young artist fan passed away, we allowed. Well, I don't know. Well, in the in the Gariskaki, we had the away Adi fans there. And and the only thing I I thought two things first of all I was like, like 
yeah, nice gesture. It's great to see an away section there. And second, it's like, is that what it's going to have to take? Someone to die? Yeah, but you see, even that, mate, even that, like, I don't know, like, did, did Juan Car have to have a firecracker explode on his head and kill him yeah, yesterday no. for, 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 like, you know, to... Yeah. to, to, to uh, it's, it's horrible, like, I can't... Really? Like, what? Well, man, with you, man. Even even yeah. these young kids that have died, man, it's it's changed nothing. Yeah, the the most recent one, the the Ike supporter, and yeah. uh, it, and as well, like that happened, and and Panathinaikos fans went and and put that fucking banner saying something with the blue boys for the the Zagreb fans, like it. Yeah, it, yeah. You, and and uh, that's probably a minority within that section. It, yeah. it's probably. It's, and most of but the that's stadium, all it's going to take. Yeah. The stadium booed them. The stadium booed them. Good on them. Just there's some some absolute. I yeah. I don't have nice words to say, but there's yeah, some yeah. special special people in there, and unfortunately, they're the minority, but they're the loudest ones. And yeah. that's uh, that's just how this whole thing's just going to continue unfortunately but um we could sit here all night and talk about the tragedies of greek football but we won't do that um so this will bring on an exciting prospect into friday uh a thursday night in europe friday morning here olivia course in west ham at the gadeskaki uh Chris, you've been up to date with the Europa League stuff, but um, I'll just quickly share my opinion. Um, I'd love to see Olympiacos get a result, even if it's a point. The last two games in the Europa League, we definitely gifted the wins to the opponents. Um, Gosse, you mentioned earlier, you couldn't think of any goals that we just gave away. Uh, sorry, that the opponent just made a nice pass, nice dribble, shot bang over goal uh apart from maybe this i might have it wrong the second goal with Bachka, i think that was maybe a fair play um the only time that as well like we've done it in the league but the only time it's actually really bitten us on the ass is the two games in europa league uh we should be we should have at least four points i could maybe understand a draw with freiburg but Minimum, we should be here with four points, and we're gonna have real tough times with West Ham. Not because we're Kalia, like we're we're not there yet, but we're not like a shocking side. We're not the side that we were last season, um, yeah. but but they are a really good team, and obviously they're Conference League champions at the moment. So, uh, Chris, uh, tell us your thoughts going into Friday. What are you uh, thinking? It's gonna be. Um, it's going to be a tough game. Um, West Ham are not to be taken lightly. I think, I think that's the same with any Premier League team, uh, whether it's Brighton, Aston Villa, any of the other clubs are in Europe. Europe. Um, they are a good side, and I think it's going to be tough on the Pagos, especially it's in London, correct? Is that the big stadium? No. Oh, is that the Kataskakis? Okay, well, I think that's good. That's better. Got a bit of an advantage, but I still think it's going to be tough. I think... You're gonna well, you're gonna think that's just because I love him, but I think Fortunis, I think he's gonna have a good game to show that okay, this is why the club was interested in me because West Ham were always were interested in Fortunis a few years back. 
So I think he'll have a good game, but I think collectively we need to have a good game. We need to uh, just be structured, um, not have defensive calamities and just um, like relax on the ball and just think that they're just an opponent. doesn't matter who, what type of opponent they are. Take every opponent as you would take any opponent, not not treat them um, any more special just because they're West Ham and they won the Conference League. So I think, yeah, we should go into it with that mentality. But I still think it's going to be tough. I think we could get a result out of it, like a draw. I think a draw would be great if we can get a one or one or a nil or out of it. But, yeah, I don't see us winning. I would love to be proven wrong, but I don't think I see us winning, especially with what happened just with the derby. I think that the players are still going to like be like, oh, last time we came here, we didn't even get to play football. And that type of that type of thing, if you're not in the right mindset, can affect the player. That's what I think. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree with you. We we definitely shouldn't show them more respect than we, what we have to. Um, I think the biggest concern for this one is the uh, the issues at the back. So Doi is suspended, Furier is injured, so that leaves Retsos and Porozo. Um, Gosa, I know you said before you you might have to go, but if you have time. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you pretty much said what you said about the defensive line and um, it's really going to show on Friday, I reckon. Um, would you be starting Ortega or Queenie? Because I think that's probably the only position we could substitute at the back at the moment. So I think the centre-backs are pretty much concrete. I think, mate, you've got to start Ortega. You have to Ortega. start bedding him in as a as a starter. That's why we brought him in. We paid a good amount of money as well. And I don't think, um, you know, I think Kinney's clearly come in as a backup on both sides of the field, left and right. I think he, you know, he did a great job, particularly during during the, uh, let's say, pre-season qualification phase for European games. I thought, you know, the signings of Ibora and Kinney were important to bring in that experience um, both on and off the pitch, like into the team, that professionalism. Um, contrary to what a lot of people are saying, I think Ibora is an important cog in the machine, not a starter, but somebody mm. that could have an important role to play throughout the season, uh, even as an option coming off the bench just to solidify. And we don't have that. Um but yeah, I'd like to answer your question. I'd like to see Ortega start the game for many reasons. I don't think that Kinney can match the pace that the these English teams play at. That's a concern for me if he plays. Um, yeah, speaking more broadly about the game, I think our objective should be to try and get a point points against West Ham in the next few games. Realistically, we're looking at finishing third in this group. And again, personally, that's fine for me if we're playing Conference League football uh, January, February next, next next year. That's fine for me. Um, I think it's a good step in the right direction, again, comparing to where we were last season. So I'm very like pragmatic and realistic about that. I don't have qualms about playing in the Conference League um, come, come February. 
it's going to be a tough game, man. Uh, I don't know how mentally affected the, our players are going to be by what happened yesterday. You know, you could argue they didn't play a full game, so they're rested. But <laughs> but mentally, you know, it's hard to tell what impact last night's had on them and how you know what it will translate into on on Thursday. Um, I think West Ham are going to find. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to the atmosphere. Also, bearing in mind who their coach is, David Moyes doesn't have good memories of Gareth Gaggi. Last time he was there, two 0 against United, a famous victory that was followed up with. Uh... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, let's not talk, let's not talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, so you know, I do think the crowd will play a factor on Thursday. And, you know, contrary to the majority, I do have some positive feelings about our chances on Thursday. You know, that the Bukadai Skaggy is going to be pumping and the players hopefully itching. Like, this is, these are the types of games that the players are waiting for. So, if you're circling games in your calendar, you want to be playing in the big games in Europe against the big opponents and, okay, yeah, it's West Ham, it's not Barcelona, it's not, you know, Man City or whatever. It's an English club. It's an opportunity for players to be seen against a team that's coming from one of the top leagues in the world. So, you know, that has to speak to the ego of the players and their determination to go out there and show certain things. I hope Hesse will be fit. I think I agree with a lot of people saying, you know, he's absolutely key to how we play and the system that Martinez employs. At this point in time, it looks like he's doubtful. So, yeah, lots of question marks, mate. But, yeah, you know, it's football, a funny old sport. Anything can happen on, on, on Thursday. So let's see what happens. Um, I've got to leave you now. All good. But thank you. Costa, I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. No worries, man. Take care. All the best. My. And then there were two. Then there were two. Yeah. Vionisi is, uh, I think, a maybe, but uh, reached pretty much the hour mark at the moment if he if he comes on within the, within the next couple of minutes it'd be nice to get his thoughts since he was actually at the game um yeah uh. chris i mentioned on the last episode i kind of scoffed at your predictions of the europa league um not so much where you placed olympiacos but the turn of events that you actually said and um i remember you saying you'll come down to the last match day against Bachka Topola, whether we make conference league or not. And um, you actually said Olympiacos would um, slip up against them. Um, the way things are looking, your predictions See? are not the most ludicrous thing at the moment, i got to say, because uh, yeah, because we, I know we, what got, like. we got two tough games with West Ham and then we have to go to Germany and that's not going to be easy. Uh, whatsoever. So, um, uh, third's looking like where it's at for Libyakos, as Costa just said. Um, yeah. Which wasn't something that, you know, we, as all Libyakos fans, it's something that we said is, is a high possibility. And 
uh, for, for I think, building the team and, and what Martina's goals are, it's probably the better platform for it. Um, yeah. But, um, look, I don't know. We're in Greece against West Martins, Ham. By the way. It, Martinez, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he said it twice and I was like, does he not know that he's long gone? Yeah, he's long gone. Uh, yeah, it's just the Spanish people. One thing i got to say as well, freaking Ayek. Come on, man. Yeah, Everyone, good. good on him. Both and I, course, don't give a shit about him right now. But uh, let's talk about that Adis win. Yeah. Uh, against Rangers, was it? Um, I think, yeah. I think it was. In Europa League. Yeah. That was really good. Um Aris, oh Aris, like um, Limassol, yes, Limassol, yes, it was a, it was against Rangers, yes, good win for us. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying for us, I don't go for them, but in Europe I do go for them, but yeah, no, good win. Um, in Cyprus, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I'll take a third. If they finish third, I'll happily take that too. But because the better they do in Europe, the more tired they get. Better for a ball. So, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, it'd be nice for Libya, of course, not to go home too early either. Yeah. But uh, well, it is what it is. Exactly. See what happens. At the end of the day, it's football and anything can happen in football. So we see what happens. Uh, that's right. Football, anything can happen. Uh, all right, Chris, I think we should probably just wrap it up about now we've hit the <laughs> one hour mark and uh no side of the onisi uh yeah. did you have anything else you wanted to add um not really no not really no that's all good uh do you want to walk us through your charity match once again uh yeah so once again 14th of jen 2024 5 p.m. kickoff. Get there earlier because there's going to be barbecue. There's going to be buy your t- uh, tickets for the raffle. Uh, there's going to be some pre-game things going on, as always. Um, possible Greek dancing group to perform at halftime. So lots of things to happen at the game. And all proceeds go to Paradise Kids, who are doing crucial work in um, Africa, missionary work, uh, orphanages, um, schools, anything you can name it, they're doing it. So all proceeds go to that. Um, CJ and Liam will be commentating the game, um, which saves me lots and lots of editing once I actually put the highlights together because I don't have to do anything. I just got to do the clip. Uh, yeah, not. I don't think there'll be a live stream, but they'll be commentating regardless. Uh, pre-game interviews, post-match, all that. All that shebang will be going on at the at Seymour Shore Stadium in Miranda, which is only three minutes from me, which helps with planning. But yeah, so... Be sure to head down to be Team Chris versus Team Yanni. There will be a live draft happening probably end of November where we pick the players live on Instagram and we'll be picking the players, balance the teams out a bit because I've won the last three in a row. So let's balance the, balance the teams out, I think. So that's going to be happening. So make sure you watch that as well. Get involved with all the pre-match anticipation that's coming. What I can confirm and I know is happening is the top prize is a free year gym membership with Anytime Fitness. The top prize for the same. raffle valued at valued at over a thousand dollars. It was the same prize this year. Uh, we are partnering up with them again. So if you want a free gym membership, 
be sure to head down, buy a raffle ticket. It's like I think you, get, you can get three for $15 or something, which is a great investment if you want to get a free gym membership is what I'm going to say. So, yeah, um, head on down. I'll be definitely there. Um, you can definitely catch me after the game, before the game and during the game. I'm running around, literally running around doing a million things. So, yeah, um, yeah, be sure to head down. See CJ, see Liam, see me. And, yeah, if uh, I sent, the link is in the chat if you want to donate, if you can't make it, if you're in Greece or if you're in another country. Uh, get some Getting some pre-game donations would actually help as well, just so that we could even hit the goal before the game would be great too. So, yeah, be sure to donate, get involved. Um, CJ will post about it anyway. So, yeah, that's the spill. I thought I'd make it a bit longer this time. So, yeah. Thanks, Chris. So, everyone, that's the details there. 14th January 2024 at the Seymour Shore. Suckers. Exactly. Yeah, stadium uh, in Miranda, Sutherland, Shire, whatever. Um, I will be posting stuff on Instagram about it. Uh, our Twitter page is up at Thrillos Global. Uh, we're not yet active on that. We're still sorting out a few things before that gets up and running properly, but you can start following us on that. Uh, of course, yeah, please yeah. subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. At the moment, we use Instagram the most, but uh, everything gets posted to Facebook as well. Yeah. Uh, shout out again to Costa from Gate 7 International for joining us. Uh, it was good to reach out with them as well. Again, as well, we, we love to have them on the show time to time and vice versa. Um, and, and yeah, once again, ev everyone that commented, uh, that uh, was in the discussion with us and watched us live tonight, really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, that's that about wraps it up for today. So Unfortunate use in the morning, uh, but we look forward to Friday uh, with our Europa League clash with West Ham at 3.45 Australian, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much, everyone. Have a good night, and uh, we'll be sure to see you guys soon. Ciao, ciao.